With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome to I'll Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, Buffalo's premier market and tap room. Over seven different locations in western New York and over 300 beers to choose from. Uh, Fatty Beer uh, Beer Company is one of the very few dog and kid-friendly bars in all of western New York. And make sure you let them know that Dwayne, Eric Connor, and of course our guest Ryan Drury uh, sent you to go have a, a cold frosty one during a Sabres or Bills game. And, of course, remember they're open from 11.30 a.m. till 10.30 and later p.m., seven days a week. And, of course, let's not forget Buffalo Go, Buffalo's premier locally designed sport Buffalo sports clothing company. Uh, I actually picked this guy up on the way to uh, on the way home today, the Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Hockey Shield ball cap. Uh, absolute beauty. Uh, go over to buffalogo.com, check it out, and get that amongst many other things, especially some of their build stuff. Uh, a lot of good stuff to choose from, um, for sure. But I digress. Uh, 4-3, Sabres lost tonight in overtime with four seconds left. Uh, Dylan Strom, Warriors won by Levi um, after a Tom Wilson game-tying goal with less than two minutes left. And uh, a lot to t- digest after that, Hurls, uh, before we get to the uh, alleged Capitals fan here at the bottom. We'll let you talk first. Alleged. No, I, I think he's I think he's a pretty big Capitals fan from what I saw on Twitter tonight, and I kind of forgot about it. So that that was a insult to injury at the end of that. Um, but yeah, this team, you we can go into a lot of things, but at the end of the day, like I think there's just absolutely nonsensical roster mismanagement at the moment. Um, in a very uh, miraculous and coincidental moment, right around the exact same time the Sabers lost in overtime tonight. Yuri Kulik had a game-winning overtime winner in Rochester. Uh, the kid is absolutely lighting it up for the second straight season in the second best league in the in the world. And the Sabres are trotting out eleven forwards and seven defensemen. Two of the forwards are collecting social, social security out there in uh, Kyle Poso and, and Zemgis Gergensen's. They were on the ice for the Tom Wilson goal at the end of the game. Uh, Eric Johnson, I think, has largely been the Sabres' worst defender, and they have a guy of uh, the same last name 
who has proven to be capable of playing at this level, and Ryan Johnson, whose minutes at five on five suffered tonight because they they were playing seven defensemen. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of different reasons you you can get in to um, Levi if you want. I don't necessarily think that's completely on him, but we can we can discuss that moving forward. But I think the problem with this team right now is absolutely insane roster mismanagement and yeah, that and that's Don, Don Granado and Kevin Adams. The two of them together are ruining this team's chance of competing later in the season. I it, saw a couple of replays. Horribly I, fucking frustrating. I saw a couple of replays of that OT goal. Um, and I'm not putting it on power at all, but it almost looked like that might have rode up his stick on the, the last ditch up. It might have gotten tipped too, but yeah, it, hard to say. It is what it is. It is what it is. It's still winning the net. But like that game should never, ever get to overtime. Extra man or not. If there's one guy in front that close into the goalie that you don't leave open, it's Tom Wilson, and you had two men within coughing distance of him, and nobody touched him. Yeah, it was it was really bad, but you could feel it coming. I think they're uh, oh when under under when we gave up possession there with like ten seconds left. I, I said game over. No, I, I mean even even the Tom game Wilson over. goal at the end of the game, like yeah. TJ Oshie had a had a wide open backdoor in the crease. And he didn't he didn't score with I think like less than three minutes left. So I th- I think they at least deserved to get that game tied the way they were playing. And uh, yeah, it's just another really disappointing loss for a team that should be a lot better than eight nine and two. Uh, it, I know it doesn't sound that bad, but the way this season has gone, they can't win two in a row. Uh, they go on these streaks, and it's just really really horrible. And I I harken it back to the fact that the coach and the, the GM cannot figure out what to do. And it, it's really embarrassing. It is. Now we'll let, we'll let Ryan, Ryan your thoughts, your thoughts, Ryan, <laughs> 11, one and one in your last 12. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Nine, one and one. Uh, yeah. Nine, one and one here. Um, honestly, like I, I'm not surprised that the caps came back and, and, beat the Sabres only because of how your guy's squad is playing right now. Um, you know, I, I didn't catch a good majority of the game. I was doing some work on my show and, um, you know, I tuned into the last little bit there when I saw it was three, two with about six minutes left. I thought, I oh, they could probably get this tied. Like we've come back from worse this year. And, uh, you know, it's odd that I had that level of confidence in the Caps doing that, given what I figured they would be at the start of the year um, on a show on here with you guys. I think I said I'd be ecstatic if they were a wild card team. And it's still early, but then they kind of reaffirmed that feeling with the start they got off to. They weren't that good out of the gate. They were, to be perfectly honest with you, they were pretty piss poor um, with a new coach and just trying to get a hold of their system. They are an old team. They're the second oldest team in the league. And I thought, yeah, this is kind of the natural progression of what happens when you're old. But it turns out that you can be old if all those old guys are really good. And uh, for the most part, they have been. But the unsung heroes are the kids. Man, the young players on the Caps have been unbelievable this year. And we saw another goal from one of them tonight in Connor McMichael, who I had really high hopes for. I watched him play in London. He was a freak in the OHL and uh, could really rip the puck. He had an NHL shot when he was 17. And uh, he showed it off again tonight. And then, yeah, 
big whip Wilson. Like uh, again, I, I know he's controversial and there are people freaking out about a hit he made tonight, but that's the type of impact this guy has on the game and why he's such a unicorn and why people constantly are dreaming up trade scenarios. I find it awful funny. Like the amount of people on Twitter tonight, they're like, this guy's trash. He sucks. If he was acquired tomorrow, everybody would be ecstatic. It's funny how that works with a lot of the fan base around the league, but uh, I digress. He's a great player. Happy. He's a capital. And um, yeah, I, I agree with what Dwayne said. I mean, I, I saw that tying goal and man, that's a lot of wand waving out there for a bunch of guys. I mean, Gergensen's in particular, it, he's Gergensen's guy. Gergensen's is the center on this play and he is supposed to handle the swing guy or the bumper as he's commonly referred to F3, whatever, you know, jargon, coaching jargon you want to, that's his guy. He's responsible for the swing man between the dots. And Wilson had all the time in the world to unload that thing. He could have lit up a cigar and celebrated Thanksgiving before he let that shot go. And, it goes in the back of the net, and then Dwayne, like you said, in overtime, you know, bad puck management. They should have just tried to snuff it out and get to a shootout, which who knows what happens then. But they don't do that, and the Caps quickly gain possession. And Dylan Strom's just having an unbelievable year. Like, what a find he is by the Caps. He's kind of been a cast-off um, in his NHL career so far. But he was a third overall pick for a reason. And he kind of showed it again there. Just good patience, nice snipe, and um, another tough loss for the Sabres. But I got to be honest, like, I'm I'm floored by how well the Caps are playing. I'm floored by it. Like, I didn't see this coming. And the youth movement is – it. I don't want to sound, you know, dramatic here. But this does kind of have similar vibes to 2017-18 – when we lost Justin Williams and Carl Alsner and Johansson and a bunch of guys and a bunch of rookies came in and people said the Caps window's closed, it's over. Kind of similar vibes this year. They're too old. They missed the playoffs last year. Ovi just wants the goal record. They're not going to be competitive. A bunch of young guys bleed into the roster from the AHL champion Hershey Bears. And all of a sudden... Caps aren't looking so old anymore, but yeah, tough loss for your Sabres. And I completely understand your guys' frustration. Yeah. I, uh, after the way last season ended, finishing a, a point out of the playoffs, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've said it multiple times with the way he played at the end of last year. If Devin Levi didn't have all the visa issues when he signed his entry level deal, that the Sabres would probably have that playoff spot over Florida. Um, feel really good by when saying that too is how well he played at the end um you just didn't do enough in the off season you didn't um you took a shot at clifton i felt pretty good about the, the signing because i thought that he was on a very deep blue line in boston that added orloff at the trade deadline so maybe he just needed more opportunity um obviously so far at least we've seen glimpses but nothing near what we expected and then, I mean, Eric Johnson is what he is. Like, he, he's old. Like, he's he was never expecting anything more than a third-pairing defenseman. Like, I, 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 people want to scream and rant and rave about it, and I get it. But, like, what did you expect from the guy? Like, what do we expect him to be? 
Like he no, wasn't I mean, going to be anything that saved this blue line. He never was. No, I don't. I don't think he was going to save it. But now that you have a guy who's fifty percent better, you make the decision that's better for your team. Oh, I don't disagree with you. And don't don't dress seven defensemen. It makes no sense. Whether that guy sitting is Eric Johnson or Clifton, whoever it is. I mean, granted, you know, for that game tying goal, who was on the ice. I thought Eric Johnson had a couple of nice shot blocks and I won where he had a wide open net. I thought he saved a goal there. And I think it's in the first period, but regardless, you, one of those guys has to bite the bullet and you know, Ryan Johnson shouldn't suffer ice time because of it. I just, I a hundred percent agree. And dressing 11 forwards. I mean, you have a guy like Yuri Kulik who is absolutely lighting up the AHL right now. Someone posted a funny picture earlier. He goes, uh, when people say let Kulik cook, this is what happens. And it's literally a burnt turkey, like a burnt to a crisp turkey. It's what he's doing in the AHL right now. Like, much like Benson going back to the juniors, it makes no sense. Like, what else is there for him to accomplish in the in the AHL? Like, uh, speaking of which, is that is that the best first NHL goal yes. ever? Did you see it? Ryan? Yeah, I did. I did see it. That is it. I, I, like, if you got you guys probably have a better knowledge of that type of thing than I do. I can't think of a better one. Mo Gilney's first and like the first 30 seconds of his career was fantastic. Yeah, it was the goalie he let the, the goal call from RJ. He left the vapor trail. But I also think RJ added to that whole experience. Probably the probably the goaltending was a lot worse back then, too. Yeah, exactly. Um I'm gonna he, bring it up while you got while you and while you and uh, Ryan talk, I'm gonna bring up that goal for us. I just see. I just can't believe he did that. Like it was the perfect yeah. situation to do it, and it's he was all alone, obviously, and it was deceptive and but to have the wherewithal as an 18-year-old kid in your ninth NHL game to go through your legs bar down on Darcy Kemper for your first NHL goal, it's insane. Like, I cannot believe he actually did that. And this isn't just, like, one example of the talent that we've seen from him. Like, that's his sixth point in, or maybe his fifth point in his nine NHL games. He's largely been one of the Sabres' two best uh, – not two best, but one of the best, Sabres' best two-way forwards. He's been a beast on the back check. He's – He's been incredible. Oh, what a first career NHL goal. Casey Middlesex. Yo, and let's not understate the great pass from Olofsson Ooh, to him here. Shout out Victor Olofsson. You have, you yeah, right? Honestly, he hasn't, been, he hasn't been useless lately. He finally did something. Up that trade va- value, Victor. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, this, this underscores the entire discussion about if they send uh-huh. him down – I would I would fear for Don Granado's life ever again. There's oh, no yeah, way you send that kid down. Well, There's I, just no this way. Is, this is the thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I really wouldn't. Given the way that this team operates and the the decisions that they make, obviously, like Devin Levi is a different example and in a different situation. But like, I really would not be surprised if they if they send him back. I really would. Um, I re- I hope they don't. And I think a hundred percent of the fan base thinks that he should be there because he's been one of the, the team's best forwards through nine games. It's just the way that they operate. And Don said it after the game, the Zach Benson decision is not for right now and, and what have you. But like, I don't know, man, I just, I would be very like unamused and unsurprised if they actually did send him down because that's the way this team operates. Simple as that. And it just shows how, how unserious they are about making playoffs if they do that. Yeah, for sure. I wonder like, though. I'm saying like there will be pitchforks at his front at his front office if they do it. Uh, I hope they don't, and it would be insane if they do. 
uh, and they need to bring up Yuri Kulik. Uh, I, I, I'm going to beat a dead drum until, until they say this, and I don't know what else he has to do. I really don't. But a lot of things need to happen for this team to be anything more than a 500 or below 500 team than they are right now because it's, it's really uh, – it's, it's an underachievement to the highest degree. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's tough. I wonder – I kind of agree with you, and I wonder, though, if their feeling, if they send him down – would be something like we're we're having a tough year. Our best player is injured long term. Things aren't going well. If we send him back to junior, we're going to send him back to a pretty loaded team. He'd go to the World Juniors. He'd light it up. He'd win a gold medal probably. Um, and I wonder if the thought process there, and I'm not saying it's right because the kid can clearly play. I wonder if the thought process at this point would be protecting him from what's going on. I don't know. We've seen guys sent down for less that have performed as well as him. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened either and if that was the line of thinking that went into it, which, of course, they'll never admit. Yeah, and I, I just I think that is interesting in the sense when you think of Devin Levi, right? Like, why would you put a player in that position in a much more difficult position at that age. He, I mean, he's three years older than Zach Benson. But mm -hmm. you talk about protecting a goalie. You talk about not putting him in a bad position. You can hide a third-line forward way more than you can a starting goalie. And for the most part, I think they're putting Devin Levi in situations that aren't necessarily they're, – they're, they're counterintuitive to his development. Like, obviously, the, the defensive coverage isn't ideal. And I would say the defensive forward coverage is pretty bad, too. Like, I, I would say he probably could have had two of those four tonight. But throughout the season, I, I mean, he hasn't played as well as he did at the end of last year. But he's a 21-year-old kid. Like, Dustin Wolf was one of the best goalies in the AHL for two straight seasons, and he's barely sniffed the NHL at this point. Obviously, he's a little bit older, but that is the development that a lot of these guys take. We talked about it a, a couple weeks ago with Ryan Miller. Ryan, I know that it was the lockout season, but Ryan Miller played, I think, 162 AHL games. And he was one of the best goalies to ever come out of college. Why is it that much different? And that was a better defensive phase of hockey than it is right now. And it absolutely was a better defensive hockey team. I just, I just, I don't, I just don't think I, it's going to happen, man. I, I just, don't necessarily think, think it's going to happen either, but I don't think it's going to happen. They, I, think people, I think they could ruin him before they, before they help him develop. I really do. Did you get a chance to listen to his spit and chiclets uh, interview? I haven't yet. No. Um, much like when we had him on, like that. This is why I say, like, sure, could he, could he benefit from the AHL? Absolutely, could. I think any goalie at his age could. I just, in terms of ruining development and ruining like maturity and like, he's just not meant. He's not the type of cat mentally that's going to get ruined by that. Um, that's just I my I opinion. Don't think he would care at all. I really don't. Huh? I don't think he would care at all. No, no. I, what I'm saying is, regardless of which direction you go in. Like if you keep him here, he's him not. Like regardless, mentally, he's not the type of cat that is going to be ruined mentally if he's playing average, below average goaltending here or lighting up in the AHL. Do I agree that he would benefit from the AHL? Absolutely, would. I think any goalie at his age would. I just don't see it happening. A because I think he got literally. He's one of the only. He's the only guy from his draft class not taken in the first round that got max a max entry level deal on everything. Like the only one. And I'm sure that included a lot of guarantees to be in the NHL. That's why I don't think you'll ever 
see him in the AHL. I just don't. Um, with that being said, um, I think you got to make a decision here. What do you do about this rotation? Do you keep doing the three goalie rotation or do you bite the bullet and lock down a, a guy to pair with him? Like that's what you have to do. Um, I, I think that whether it's UPL or it's Eric Comrie, um, I think both of those goalies have played well enough to split, not split, but take more of the load away from Levi. I just, I don't see him being sent down to Rochester. I just don't like to me, it's just not going to happen. Um, I think the moves we need to be talking about right now are the guys that need to come up like Yuri Kulik. Um, uh, you know, there, there are moves that this management should have made um, that we've disagreed with. Like I don't understand. I didn't understand sending back Matthew Savoy <laughs> after three minutes of ice time in his NHL debut. That made no sense to me. Why did that Like Why? Why? So he, he has like five goals in four games right now in the WHL. Like, what is he benefiting from playing junior hockey right now? And you have other guys on this team that will will, will, will sit here and scream at a wall about, but we'll, we'll continue to do it. That shouldn't be on this roster like 28 and like 21 who are weighing you down speed skill. I mean, defensively, sure. You can benefit, you, you can value what they bring, but it sure didn't do shit there on that game tying goal with Tom Wilson. That's for sure. They look lost. Like they, they're sitting there puck watching and not paying attention to one of the most like, you know, I guess feared guys in the league in terms of skill and grit and, 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 and I want to use the word violence, but just like how aggressive he is. And you got him alone below the dots. You just leave him sitting there. You got, you two guys are supposed to be the shutdown guys and he's just alone. That makes no sense to me. So speaking of, speaking of violence, did you see the hit jury? Yeah, I did look it up. Yeah. I saw it on, I saw it on Twitter there. What, uh, what do you think of that? I think I've seen Tom Wilson make a hundred worse hits in, in my life. Sure. I mean, he definitely, um, he powers definitely low and in a vulnerable spot, which is a wild thing to say about a guy who's six foot seven. Um, you know, he's four inches taller than Wilson, but he catches him looking, um, which again, you know, he, he really catches him there and he, but he's not paying attention. Like, Guys are not aware out there, man. And and when that guy's on the ice, like you got to be aware that he could come get you, especially with your head looking down at the puck mm-hmm. coming through neutral. Like that's, you know, that's Scott Stevens at his own blue line. Like you got to yeah. not have your head down. He's engaged with another player. And so he's lower than he normally would be if he was in regular skating stride. And based on the angles that I saw, I saw a video where there were about four different angles of it. I think I can't really tell because of the video quality. I think that there's probably a decent chance that he caught some of his head. But the one thing that I think will help Tom Wilson here, because I know everybody wants him suspended 700 times every time he touches somebody. The one thing that will help him is that he's not charging into him. He's, He's coasting into him. His right arm is tucked against his body the entire time through the contact. And he doesn't leave his skates. So as bad as the hit might look, and I'm sure that there are a lot of people in Buffalo and and Western New York that don't agree with me right now, as bad as it might look, 
I've seen others and I've seen this particular player. And I know people are thinking, oh, he's defending Tom Wilson. Well, I've seen him, I've seen him personally make hundreds of worse hits particularly earlier in his career where he was uh, a dog off a leash. What I would say is that I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he got suspended because he is who he is. If another player makes that hit, there's no way they get suspended is what I would say. And, you know, if, if the, if the roles were reversed, which they could be because power's a big, strong kid, if he caught Wilson like that, my first reaction, maybe I'm a little old school, is what are you doing with your head down coming over center ice like that, especially with the speed of the game now? Now, that doesn't make it right when guys get clocked in the head. I just don't think he caught his head as the principal point of contact. Again, I, I'd need to see another 4K crystal clear angle than what I saw. On first watch, I just don't think that the hit is that bad. I've seen I've seen so much worse, and I liked Greenway's response. Like, good for yeah, him. I was going to say um, stepping in there against a very tough dude, and Greenway's tough too. And good for him for stepping in there. And what that should have done was spark the Sabers to a win, but um, you know it didn't. Yeah, I was going to say uh, this team absolutely needs Jordan Greenway. Just the physical presence he brings. I love Jordan Greenway. The, uh, the style. Do you guys hate the hit? Like, I'm genuinely curious. Like, no, what I, you I think of thing it. Is, like, you, you th- I think your perception of it, or our, our perception of it, is is somewhat influenced by the fact that it is Tom Wilson. I think everybody does have an opinion of, of him. They know, his, they know his history, and they know what type of player he is. And, yeah, I, I think that there is some head contact there. I, I definitely don't think it's the worst hit. I've ever seen Tom Wilson throw, as you said, but that's that's not really saying much in terms of the the, the types. Of, I think he gets a bit throws. of his head, for sure, and that, that's the. Thing, I think though. he like, gets some. Yeah, and I I would say, given that he does, and given his history, that it it does make it worse. And in in the eyes of the league, I do think that he'll probably either get fined or suspended. Um, but no, I don't think it's the worst hit in the world. I really don't. I I don't necessarily think he was like targeting him and it doesn't seem like he was like out to get him his hat by any a stretch of the imagination and i think he's in general you would probably know this better than i would but i haven't heard his name in these types of incidents as much recently as we used to as maybe as opposed to like five six years ago or early no. in his career yeah like yeah, i think it, it, it's it, it calmed reached, down a lot it, it reached a tipping point with the with the rangers incident i would say um, well, that was the goofiest thing ever because that no. he didn't do anything wrong. No, I know. I'm just saying, like in terms of Tom Wilson is the big bad guy that everybody hates and thinks of for well, these situations. That was more because Jimmy Crybaby Dolan released a statement making himself and his organization look like clowns, which eventually cost John Davidson his job because he was vehemently against the owner, which how are you going to stop the owner releasing that statement with the Rangers watermark on it? That was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen a sports owner do in my life. Um, And Tom Wilson has deserved 90% of the suspensions that he's gotten. There were a couple where I was like, that's a joke and he got it because it's him, but he's deserved 90% of the punishments that have been doled out his way. Um, including, you know, most famously the Zach Aston Reese hit in the playoff run. 
where, you know, he broke the poor kid's jaw. Like he went right through his head. Um, and he knew he did this one again. The thing that I think will actually help him with the league is that I can't see where it's definitive, where you can see that his head is the principal point of contact, which is a big thing with Georgie Peros and the league. And whether you like it or not, I know there are a lot of people that, you know, Ken Dryden included that have said, head contact there should never be any and if there's any no matter what it should be a suspension or a penalty i don't know how to regulate that in a game that's moving this quickly i don't know but um yeah i've seen him make way worse hits and um power inarguably puts himself in a bad spot there like and he's a kid and he's gonna learn now maybe don't do that um it is a, it's a contact sport. Like you're allowed to hit guys. He was eligible to be hit. It's not late. He doesn't charge into him. He's coasting. And again, like when I first looked on Twitter, people were like Tom Wilson with the dirtiest elbow to the head I've ever seen. And I saw the very first clip and went, what are you talking about? Like he skates into him like this. Like his arm is tucked in. He hits him with his left shoulder. His arms tucked in the whole way. He coasts into him and he catches him in a very bad spot. And I think that if he's not, because he's coming into power toward power's right side there. And I'm not sure if he gets this bit of meat on his shoulder first. And then absolutely his shoulder rides up into his head. You can see, you can see it, but I don't know if he hits him here first or not. If he gets suspended, like I just, I don't even know why I'm ranting about this because like, People aren't going to take it seriously because I'm a Caps fan and he's Tom Wilson. At the end of the day, you, look, I just really don't give a shit. Suspend him for 50 games. I don't care. It Like, he'll come back and he'll score more goals and be an effective player. And if he was a free agent tomorrow, Buffalo would be fired up if they signed him. Like, yeah, I that's really... I just want the crying and the hypocrisy to stop because the amount of people that whine, I get it. It's your, it. We're fans. We're, we're passionate. If, if TJ Oshie got crushed like this, I'd be like, Hey, what the hell? I'd like to think I'm a little impartial in the sense of looking at video and going, okay, I don't know if he actually really come there. Like it's, this isn't a Matt cook special on Mark Savard that we're talking about here. But at, like at the end of the day, I just want the hypocrisy to stop because there are people when these things happen with him that go kick him out of the league. He's horrible. He's not horrible. He's one of the best right wingers in the league. You'd be fired up. And the people that say that oh, he's got to get kicked out of the league. If he signed for their team tomorrow, he'd be the most popular player in town. He'd be the number one Jersey seller, including especially his hometown Toronto. At the people, I remember Leaf fans losing it when the Caps beat them in six games in 2017, losing it on Tom Wilson. If Tom Wilson was a Maple Leaf tomorrow, every second billboard you saw on the Gardner Expressway would have Tom Wilson on it. He'd be the most popular jersey in town, and he would absolutely end up being the captain of that team. So I, I, fine, you don't like the hit, this hit, a future hit whatever but don't go on twitter and go he sucks and he should be kicked out because you know deep down oh, i love to have him. Murphy. i think we're i can't I, believe i can't the, believe you guys the two be fired up about tom wilson we're the well i mean he's a polarizing guy uh we're yes the, he uh, is 
we're the two biggest proponents of Tom Wilson to the Sabers. So you don't it's need funny. to you don't it's need to tell us. It's <laughs> funny Especially after you today. Up, you do not need to tell brought, us. It's funny that you brought up the Matt Cook Savard thing because on the podcast dropping the gloves last week, um, they shared a story. I forget who they had on, but the story was after Matt Cook essentially ended Savard's career that night, that the next time they played, Chara Rocky and Sean Thornton met with Bill Guerin, who played with the Penguins at the time, and said the message was clear. Matt Cook needed to fight Thornton on his very first shift or things would get really ugly. <laughs> like So the team essentially made him fight Sean Thornton <laughs> like the first shift of the game, and it was handled. And, and like Sean Thornton beat the piss out of him. He did, and to Matt Cook's very minimal credit, he did that. Um, and he was... He was, I don't know, like I, to a, to a degree, because he actually was a, a pretty talented player. Like he scored 24 goals one year, I think. Um, like he was a decent player. He actually played for the Caps once too. And like, I, I thought he was a decent penalty killer. Like he could skate, like he had some skill. It's just that he chose like, to get we're, involved we're, bullshit. Yeah, like we're trying to dissect here. Oh, did did Wilson catch him in the head initially? There was never any argument with the bad hits he threw. He no, picked never. guys' temples. Like he yeah. was going after guys' craniums. Yeah. Uh, like every single time. God, did he yeah, make yeah. some gross hits. But, and hit. Wilson has two. Like let's not. I look, I've never beat around the bush. The big one he got that 25 gamer, I think it was. Um, or maybe it was a 21 gamer. You guys remember this because he killed um who was that poor kid on the St. Louis Blues that he ran over in preseason and he got suspended the first 21 games and they reduced it to 16. Who was that kid? Uh oh, it was Oscar Sunquist. Look that video up. Wilson just annihilates this poor kid. I think kid. I remember the get you're talking about, yeah. When uh, that um, happened, I immediately turned. I, I could bring her in here for confirmation. I immediately turned to my girlfriend and was like, he's getting 30 games. He's getting 30 games for that. Like, I, I'm not dumb enough to sit there and be like, no one on my team does any wrong. No. Okay. I saw that and immediately he's like, God damn it willie like because we need him he's a good player he scores goals and i immediately was like he's getting 30 yeah uh not to change a little bit uh lance lasowski uh tweeted out when asking don granado about if you know zach benson will play beyond tonight um don granado wasn't ready to reveal the decision after the ot loss he goes that's a great decision but it's not one for right now then what yeah, yeah. Like I, if there's any time to answer that question, it's right I now. I mentioned that earlier. It, it's it's insane, and it makes me think that they're going to send him down. Like if you like, it, like how do you not? How is that not one of the easiest questions to answer in the post game? Yeah, he's staying up. If he if he didn't score that goal tonight, you don't send him down. But he oh. scored likely the best first goal in NHL history. If you yeah, send him down was, after that, like I said, there will be pitchforks outside of Key Arena on Friday night. Pitchforks. I agree. I'm fired. I, that, that's mind blowing <laughs> to me. And it's if not nobody shows up, up if nobody shows goal, up just, for this godforsaken team anymore, it's just it's just literally been every 
single game he's been in. He hasn't had a bad game yet. Like he's had a, a positive impact in almost yeah, every game I mean, he's played. He had, he's I think he looks where... like he belongs. No, he 100%. does. He, he's 18 he years old. Years. Like yeah. I look at him and I look at him and I, and I'm, you know, if I can compare, they're different players, but like I look at the way that he's played and I look over to, uh, you know, a, a kid that the Guelph Storm were really hoping that they were going to have back this year in Matty Potra over in Boston. And I, I look at both of them and I'm like, they belong. And, you know, Potra's in a much different situation. He is, he is fairly sheltered by that Bruins culture. But, like, he's playing 16. He played almost 17 minutes the other night. And I'm like, yeah. I knew I knew by game three of Boston's season, I was like, Matt Potra's not coming back to the Royal City. Like, it, it junior is over for him. Um, and I, I feel the same way about Benson. Like, he's a winger and he's doing things well out there. He's he's keeping track of his guy he's playing high and tight to the point and covering off lanes in his own zone and then in transition he's using his skill and his he has other uh, no shock look at the goal tonight he has otherworldly hands like he has unbelievable patience and and skill he has phone booth hands guys like he he really really does and it would be disappointing but you know this guys like and, and it's not as pronounced in hockey like it is in, say, baseball, but we are dealing with owners that are cheap. And if it means that they can save a year on his ELC, they'll do stuff like that. <laughs> of course they will. And Donnie Granado can't answer that, right? If, like if multi-billionaire you know? Terry Pagula makes a makes a move to save um one point two million dollars right now, that would be received. If, if it turns out the fact that it was like a money-saving thing rather than, I like, do as, you, as you mentioned earlier, like protecting his development, that would be received with the most incredible criticism I, you could possibly imagine. Speaking of like yeah. mismanagement and ownership and whatnot, and, you know, so John Waro, the Associated Press, tweeted this out less than an hour ago. I sat there and asked a question about whether last season was a lost opportunity to only be scolded into silence. And no one else in the room said one thing otherwise, not one. And then the follow-up, who scolded you, Granado? Nope, someone higher than him. What? Uh, so Kevin Adams. Like, these are questions that should be asked. No, they, they the reporters do not hold the coaching staff Nobody accountable. holds them accountable. They don't. And when, and, when and, someone does. And when then some- it's the same with the Bills. There's too much of a... Buddy, buddy, like if you yeah, ask it's me, ridiculous. after the tough questions, I'm going to give you access to the players. I gar- I know that type of relationship exists. It does. Like, and, and like people like to shit on Harrington all the time. Listen, I've had an ongoing like conversation with Harrington now for like two months. Uh, he's been actually very cordial with me. Uh, uh, opened the line of communication with me by tweeting out a fake Sabres jersey. He thought, hey, I thought you'd find this hilarious. And I was like, I was kind of blown away by it because I've never really had a ton of like correspondence with him on Twitter. But I've always respected him. People shit on him, but I respect him for one of like the biggest reasons for what we're talking about right now. He's not afraid to be the asshole. He's not. I, but my question is, where was he that day? Which day? When when John Warrow asked the tough question about whether that was a missed opportunity. That was tonight. Yeah, that was tonight. I mean, I don't know if he's in the room. If He, he might have not have traveled with the team tonight. Okay. Oh, I, I don't know. He might, he might have said that um, he wasn't there tonight. 
Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I like, it would have been Lance. It could have been somebody else. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I highly doubt they signed both him and Lance together, uh, you know. Yeah, the media, the media the media, is one thing. Obviously, we need answers and whatnot. But yeah, like, we're going we're gonna to get that tomorrow, whether Zach Benson is up or down. So we can, we can wait and see on that. If they send him down, it's nice to hear it from an outside perspective from – from a fan of a, a, a person who's not a fan of the team as reasons they, they might do it. But for those of us that have seen his nine games and have seen the, I guess, gosh, they're eight, nine and two. So 19 games from the team this season, if they send him down, they're waving the white flag on the season. It, it is what that, that's what that would mean. And that's really disappointing in, in late November. So I really hope they don't do that. And if they don't bring your, your Yuri Kulik up, I would say before the end of the month, but within the next two to three weeks, you're doing a disservice to your franchise. It, that, that is the most simple way to put it. Put your best players out there that can help you win games. They're not doing that right now, and it's embarrassing. I think it's yeah. tough to keep, and, you know, they're, they were kept around for, you know, veteran presence. That only goes so far, though. Like, you can have all the presence in the world, and if you aren't impacting what's occurring on the ice with your play, it's great that you can be a rah-rah guy and maybe inspire others. But if your personal play on the ice isn't good enough, it's tough to keep rolling Gergensons and a guy like Ocposo out there. And like, look, you know, a lot of injuries there. The wheels are kind of coming off and it's sad to see because he's a good soldier and he's done a lot of the right things out there and really led by example and sacrificed a lot. I understand that. But these are the tough conversations that fall on coaches. It, it's hard to pull guys out of the lineup, especially a veteran guy that people respect and and really like as a dude away from the rink. It's very clear. Everywhere Ocposo's played, you hear any of his former teammates or current teammates talk about him. He's very well liked. It's tough to have those conversations with those guys and be like, hey, listen, I gotta pull you out of the lineup tonight. And you know, they'll they'll be upset, and that's understandable. They're pros, they have pride. This is the type of stuff that happens, though, like in sports. And that does fall on your coach. You know, they're the first line where they're in charge of the lineup. And uh, some organizations are different. Maybe the GM or the president is a little more involved. And, you know, but whatever, you know, it, you have to, as you said, Hurls, put the best product out there that gives you a chance to win. And I don't know, based on what I saw tonight, what I saw on that tying goal and what I've seen from them in a number of the games I've watched of them this year, I don't know that anybody could adequately argue to me in the Sabres organization that there's nobody else in their organization with the 50 contracts that they have signed that could offer something more than what you're getting out of, as an example, Zemgis Gergensons and, and Kyle Posa right now. Like th there's, there's nobody like, I, I don't know. Well, and I get right. it. It's a tough conversation, but you got, you're the coach and you got to do this stuff, man. There's somebody that's for sure. And that's somebody yeah, has well, 11, 11, 11 goals in 15 games in the AHL this season. So I don't know. It's, it's just really disappointing. And yeah. it's, it's a larger conversation about the franchise. It, it really is at this point because uh, they they probably had a missed opportunity last season 
uh, in terms of making that, uh, uh, making the playoffs and ending the drought last year. And now the pressure is on even more and the expectations were so high this season and it appears they're ruining it, ruining it once again. So kind of, it kind of is what it is at this point. Do you yeah. think maybe though that like, you know, look what's going on in Vancouver right now. And I don't want to start talking about next year. Cause like, look, they could go on a heater. Like the team has the talent and it's, it's hard, you know, obviously not having the big cat out there that like, it's a tough loss, but you know, I, I do wonder, and, and maybe it would take Donnie meatballs being a sacrificial lamb here to make it happen. I don't know. Similar to what talk it's done with Vancouver, but the Sabres have every bit the amount of skill that Vancouver has, and they are hot. I went to one of their games a couple weeks ago when I was out there. Like, that team is good, and they're checking well. All their best players are playing their best hockey right now. Brock Besser looks like he's got new life. The Sabres are so young in the core of the team. I know it's bad news bears right now and everyone's disappointed. I'm disappointed. I thought, I thought for sure they'd be a playoff team this year. They still could be. And I know you guys and everybody in Buffalo is disappointed, but if I could offer you a silver lining here, a, a, a thread of silver, the, the best parts of this team are all insanely young. And there's still a lot more growth to come. We, I still believe we haven't seen the best of Darlene. We definitely haven't seen the best of power. He's really struggled this year. And keep in mind, he's a defenseman. That's the toughest position to come in. We can we can get into that. I don't necessarily, like he's been one of their best offensive defensemen the entire year. He has. Yes. He's, yes. He's had he's had his 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 bits in the defensive zone. But I think he struggled. He struggled. He has struggled. And I know Dwayne. Probably Poor Dwayne. <laughs> but like, but that is kind of the give and Keep take. Keep my you mouth have. shut, Hurls. Keep my mouth shut. Well, what, I mean, you can have an opinion. I'm just saying that he has been one of the Sabres' best defensemen. Without question. And like, there's no arguing that because maybe they haven't had other guys who, who have been maybe even worse. But like, who else are you putting out there? Seriously. Like Riley Stillman? No, I know. What, what, is, what is Riley nobody, Stillman going to What is Riley Stillman going to do? showing power, man. I know, but I mean, but, what, what I'm saying, though, is that, like, you have to expect this Dwayne. from a 20-year-old defenseman. No, I said, I, I said they should have sat him for two to three shifts after that fucking nonsense in Winnipeg. Yeah. My, my whole point, my whole point, I guess, is just saying that we, clear, there, we know there's so much more, and it happens at different times for different guys. Like a, a a great example tonight, and I'm so thrilled for the kid. He scored his first NHL goal. It was a night of first NHL goals. When the Caps drafted Alex Alexiev a few years ago, and my God, I, have you ever seen a kid go through so many injuries in the early part of his career and just could not get, it almost looked like his career might be over, like multiple leg injuries, a knee surgery, like so much. And they, he was highly touted out of the WHL. He was one of the best defensemen in the WHL as an import coming over from Russia. And the Caps had high hopes for him. And it's taken him almost like six years just to get into the lineup finally. And he finally scores a goal. Like, that's six years. And I don't think it will take power that long to become what he will be. But just, I, I know it's hard because the expectations were so high and everything. But... Just 
I would urge everybody to be patient. Like the kid's going to be really good. He's going to be a saber for a long time. I would hope. And the rest of the team, like the rest of your roster, especially up front and that Levi kid who I think is still going to be a stud. If he's not a top five goalie within the next five years, something has gone wrong. There is so much potential still here. You're not dealing with a roster like my guys where you're like, you're hinging the whole thing uh, to a bunch of older veterans, the second oldest team in the league. That's not the situation they're in. There's a lot of growth to still be had here. I don't think we've even seen the best out of Tage, and I'm, I'm gutted that the poor guy's injured because God, is he good. I still think we haven't seen the best out of him. And then you got Benson, Lavoie, all these guys coming like, there is still opportunity for things to get better. I just think that right now you guys are in the mire of being disappointed because based on what we saw last year, logic would tell you it should be better than this right now. And it's just not. Yeah. We're going to get to the, uh, the peanut gallery here. Uh, I got a lot of comments actually, uh, from Gargalant, Gargalant, uh, the seventh swordsman, I believe, I, I believe on Twitter, uh, worst OT they played with possession. No real good chances. Wrong guys out there. Also from Gar, terrible choice by Cousins. Can't miss the net. And he just said he didn't think it was a bad pay. Okay, but you lost. No, that was the second that puck missed the net and started to ring around the boards, you knew what was happening. Like, and I, I even tweeted it out shortly before we went live. It's like with OT and hockey, I always feel like, and for those basketball fans out there, how, how you manage a shot clock sometimes or at the end of a game or how you manage the time at the end of a game. They let them run it down so they have final possession. Like, I almost feel like that's what you have to do in that situation. Run that down till about, like, eight seconds, then make your play. Like, I get it, but, like, at the end of the day, like, you gave them way too much time on their final possession to get down on an odd man rush. And in three-on-three overtime, it, you can't you, you, you can't do that. You can't let that happen. Regardless of who you want to put the goal on, like you can't let that happen. You have to hit the net there. You gave them, you just gave them, you essentially handed them the puck. What's with Buffalo sports teams giving their opponent too much time at the end of the game? I know. To make a game changing play. I love it. I man, love it. Man. What, a, what, a, what a horrible theme. Uh, it, it's you just gotta I, manage I, the clock better there, man. You gotta yeah, you gotta know the situation. I, mean, I don't necessarily fault him for trying to score a goal. Though. No, no, but you, if you're gonna try and score there, you have to hit the net, dude. Yeah, no, then for sure. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather him bury it into Kemper's chest yeah. and cause yeah. a face off than than miss the net sure. there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um I think he largely it's a tough one because he played well tonight. I actually oh, thought yeah. he might have been I mean, the Sabres' best player. He's had a tough season, and I think yeah. that tonight was a uh, indication that he could be working his way back, especially since the fight with with the Flyers. And he's obviously wearing the bubble, and that's uncomfortable for a lot of guys. And I think that yeah. he's probably still feeling some of the effects of a broken nose and probably a mild concussion. So I, I do think he did play largely a little bit better tonight, and they need him to because. We signed him to a seven-year deal, $7 million a year, and to be the number two center. And right now he's the number one center, and he needs to play like that. So that that would go a long way towards fixing this team if he plays like he did tonight. Some more comments here. Um, here, here's our boy, Mauricio. What the fuck? Disaster. Choke Granado needs to take time out, reset defensive schemes, and rest players. Levi, reliable, shaky, AHL bond, our savior, LL, laughing my ass off. Cousin at the end of overtime, stop skating back. 
I noticed that one too. I mean, maybe a little tired, but in the day, like that's yeah, your last was, shift of the game, dude. He yeah, balls he, the wall. I mean, he, was, he was gassed. Like I think yeah. we all know Dylan Cousins is a high effort player. I think if he could have made it and if he could have given his 100% effort, he would have. I don't yeah. think he well, was just like, saying eh. he's probably gassed. Yeah, no, he was he 100% was gassed. There's no other yeah. reason for that. Um, what are your thoughts on Granado and his lineup decisions given the really sick getting really sick of this 11 and 7 BS? Yeah. Um Horrible. I totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. Really? Who sat tonight? Who sat tonight for 11 Big and 7 for Krebs. And uh, not to get too deep into the numbers, but over the past eight games, he's uh, he's been one of the Sabres' best forwards in terms of like shot creation and offensive skill. Honestly, yeah, he's been really no, but it, he has been created a bunch of chances recently, and he's played much better than he did to start the season. Anyway, who is As you give him better line mates, we know what type of skill he has. Yeah, uh, I think it's been him and Ryan Johnson that have been some of the Sabres' best players. This is players. why I said it, man. Like you put yourself in such a tough situation. Making Kyle Ocposo the only captain on this team. They should have literally went with the fucking Briere jury thing like they did in 06 co captaincies. That's what they should have yeah, done. But you have assistant captains. I know it's, I know it's, I know, I know, but deal, like, but like, who, who we need good vibes in the room, guys. We can't, we can't create bad he, vibes. We need would, good vibes. He would offer this team so much more as an assistant coach than he does a player in the fourth line. And it's tough to say. As Jerry mentioned, respected around the around the league, great guy, got his a thousand a thousandth game. That was a great ceremony. I thought they did really well, and then they got toasted by the Bruins. I think it's time to hang them up, but yeah. that also doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And I don't blame him, but the organization needs to acknowledge yeah. things that are lying in front of everybody's face. Cousins is trying hard to to impress, score, no finesse, no creativity, overtime slap shot, cost the Sabers. We suck. We choked. What a disaster. This team is so inconsistent. Can't close a game. No playoffs. Um, I'm starting to agree more and more with Mauricio. I know, right? Here uh, from Ryan Seagrave. Or Robert Seagrave, sorry. Granado is a bum. How do you put your oldest and slowest players on the ice to allow Austin to tie it up? We tend to agree with you. Why not put one of your lankiest, best penalty killers out there in, in, in Jordan Greenway? You know what I mean? Like, shit, I would. who were who the defensemen out there again? I gosh, I don't, I don't remember. I think uh, Darlene was out there. Was it Darlene? I'm not sure. I had a feeling it was either Darlene or Powers pairing, one of the two. It was Darlene and Samuelson. Samuelson was closest yeah. to the puck. That's right. Um, I do remember that. Samuel, Samuel it was Samuelson and Gergensons. They were within like reaching distance. Samuelson yeah. also has not been the defensive stalwart that he was last season either, which is depressing. Yeah. Um, Levi is fine. Granado and Adam should be fired. Um, go ahead. Fire everybody. Not playing Devin for the loss. He needs his work stopping the puck low. The first goal wasn't as fall as deflected twice. Wilson claiming bounty on power. Um, I mean, I'll put the overtime goal on Devin, whether it went up power stick or not. Like, yeah, you want to save there for sure. I'll, I mean, but the first three, the, the double, triple deflection, um, that rebound off the glove. It went off his glove, I believe, right, Earls? Uh Blocker or right pad, I think, actually. No, no, no. The the the, the rebound second goal. goal. Yeah, no. It, it, the... it looked like it banked in off his left his glove side, did it not? Who scored, who scored that, Jerry? Is that the Oshi goal? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because the Alexia that, that goal the initial shot was going to his glove side. Yeah, it does, it bounced on him what too. You want from Devin the hair, he made a he made a really good save on the first shot, and it was going coast to coast. I well, mean, the the first two goals, there's just like you can't blame that on him. Like the Alexia one in particular, that was through a crowd. That that puck grew eyes on the way there, like that. Yeah, and it like hit that about was, three went people. Off two or three bodies in front. Before there was he got to Levi. Yeah, there was oh, no yeah. way. It, it, went, it went off his glove, but yeah, it, it yeah. went off that blocker part of his glove. I yeah. thought, right? I think I think as he watches that back, he'll be disappointed with himself. But like he made a good sure. save. Like, how are you? Like I, I don't. Like, oh no, no! Like rebounds are gonna happen there, man. Like he made the no. Like, it's not like he went off his pillows and just went no, no. Right like, he got a position, like, made the first save. You got a clear rebound. I think that's yeah. yeah like I'm not a lot of these, him. And that lot third of his goals all season have been some combination of both. Yeah, maybe could have been a little bit better, but also what the fuck is the defense doing? So like, dude, like how about how how about yeah. actually what led, um. To that second goal, uh, what was that by power? Like you, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Power like sends this lob, like a flop shot to Samuelson, and people are screaming at Samuel, like, "What the fuck did you want Samuelson to do there? Like, what was you, what were you expecting him to do there? You, you essentially sent him a golf flop shot. He couldn't control it, and it goes the other way." Uh, for for that rebound, uh, the, there's the Oshi goal. Like, dude, just send it down the ice. Take the icing. What are you doing? You're literally sending the puck to a guy who has already pressure on him. He's didn't even ha- he doesn't even have his face to you when you send him the puck. He had his back turned to you. Like, what are yeah. you doing? No, there? not a good play. Terrible. Yeah, play. yeah, he Terrible gave him a hand play. grenade. But yeah. like, yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get fucking sewered well, for saying well, no. Like, like you, it's you, not you, like, dude. The goal against Winnipeg, awful. Two of those oh, goals hard. against Boston, awful. But I'm getting criticized for pointing out the obvious that well, the no, guy no, doesn't I, play like he's six, six foot six. And when I, I just, say play like you're six foot six, has nothing to do with doing the things that Tom Wilson does or doesn't do that you may like or dislike. It's just fucking boxing somebody out. It's sure. literally it, it, imposing your will on a player within a foot of you, like. I pointed to Austin Matthews' third goal uh, of his hat trick against Toronto. He's literally shoulder to shoulder with him. Not how do you not know he's there? Mm-hmm. All you got to do is lean on the guy, push him out of the way of way of the shot lane, and he has no effect on that play. Same thing with Boston's first goal. Just put your fucking what are you staring at the puck for? Just put your body on him. That's all you got to do. He refuses to do it. And then you have plays like that. Like, what the fuck is going through your brain there that you're just going to fucking loft a flop shot literally on a guy who's not even facing you? Yeah. Um, I just but I get criticized for saying maybe Granado should put him at the bench for two or three shifts and let him think about it. Oh, God, no, we can't do that. It's Owen Power. We might hurt his fucking feelings. Some of the best players in NHL history have been benched at some point in their career. Last year, Cooper benched both Stamkos and Kucherov against the Sabres for an entire period. I just think it's, the discussion is a two-way street, right? Because he does way more good than he does bad. You know, but when the bad ends up in the back of your net, when do you nip but, it but, in the butt? But the, the good is ending up in their net. So I, this is what I'm saying, though. Like, you you, you kind of like Josh. Nine, kinda, we're, we're, we're nine, was it eight, ten, and two girls? I know. I, I understand we're that. Eight, but, like, we can't, we can't blame our record on Owen Power. 
No, but I'm saying there are <laughs> things that coaching, they just need to nip in the butt no, and they just sure. don't. They absolutely do. We know the coaching on this team sucks. Dan Girardi probably has two hours with him a week. I'm just talking about the fact that the defense as a whole has largely been this team's biggest issue for the past 10 years. And this kid who's 20 years old is doing more good than he is bad, especially on the offensive end of the ice. And no one else is doing anything. So I just, obviously, Rasmus Dahlin excluded. I just think that, like, yeah, you can have criticisms of him in the defensive zone. Of course you can. But he's creating way more chances than he's giving up. And at the end of the day, that's what you want, right? At the end of the day, I want a coach to be a coach and sit a guy down when he should, when he should, and then do what you do afterwards, which has happened to me. It's happened to everybody. You pull them aside like, hey, bud, this is what why we did it. This is what's going on. I got a guy that was on this show, a guy who was extremely mature, beyond so mature beyond his age. He is a type of kid that would understand and get it and take it as a learning experience. Take it in stride. People act like you're going to ruin a play. If you ruin a player's mindset, development, attitude for sitting them for fucking four minutes in a period, then you have much bigger problems on your mind with said play on your hands and with said player. You just do. Yeah. I'm sick of it. I'm sick. Of it. We're so we're so worried about creating bad vibes in a room. This team is be- well, like well below 500. I would say well below. Not we're not like the fucking Oilers, but like, <laughs> like, like, but like, still, like, this isn't a playoff team right now. Even with Tage, they're not. Anyone, anyone see the blank stare of Connor McDavid on the bench tonight when they were down oh, five, right. five, one? In oh the my god, period. dude, that guy, that guy looks like he's aged fifteen years. Oh my I god! I tweeted that the other day. Every time a camera gets in front of him, it looks like he's aged a year. Oh, it's so it, bad. It's I, unreal. I feel really, really bad for him. I feel so. He's bad starting. He's starting to look like a guy that just left his family one day and didn't you know even leave a note on where he was going and he went into the mountains and someone found him 10 years later by himself in a little hut because holy cow is uh man the vibes are bad in oil we got, we, we got ovechkin slander oh skip let's, past no that let's go back i want to see that <laughs> Okay. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. I actually the Saber, I'm, I'm kind of he didn't sign sooner last year, Dwayne. They dragged it out for a week and then submitted to it on Friday. He could have been with the team 10 days earlier. It doesn't matter though that like like literally the, the visa thing, like it took almost a week. <laughs> like I remember like it was almost a week before he could even touch he couldn't even practice. Couldn't even practice. He would like sit literally sit on the bench watching practice. He couldn't even get on the ice. Let's keep it real, Connor. We're talking about Benson's. Let's focus on powers. We, we, we talked about all that. Uh, hitting a player who is already engaged is dirty, right, Ryan? <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to say about that hit, honestly. I I I just I don't think it I was just like, don't think it was that. I just don't I, think no, it was I, that like, I really don't. Deligible to be hit. Yeah, no, it was not a late hit by any means. I just think that, like, as we discussed, given his name is Tom Wilson, and it was even close to the head, I think it looks worse than it is, and he's probably going to get suspended. I mean, I, and I if he does, I, I don't care. Can I yeah. just say really quickly though, I will not stand for Ovechkin slander here. <laughs> I get it. This is a Sabres show. Let's talk about that. All right, like you know, I uh, oh okay, we it, people are directly you know messaging me on here. Now. <laughs> One of those guys who keep bringing that old time hobby. It's just. 
yeah, this is yeah. This I support. understand that, Chris. I understand that. I I'm sure a lot of teams feel the same way. I think that to a lesser degree, Greenway is kind of a guy that offers a little bit of that mentality. I mean, I do. I think he's as good as Wilson. No, but like he. Yeah, I think the Sabers could use a lot more guys like that. But you know. But yeah, no, don't don't come don't go on here and slander Ovechkin. He's the greatest goal scorer of all time. I won't yep. stand for it. I won't stand it for it. I can't do I can't do it. 21, 28, right. gotta go. I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah, the Merrill. real question I'm is I saw like a stat today based upon like his current pace. I think it was something about like if he's on his current pace right now, he would need to stay another year, obviously, which he will, and then score 45 goals next year. Is he gonna do it? Uh, I don't know, man. I, th- I don't care. Like, I, know you don't I don't care, care no, anymore. I'm, I'm, He's already no, no, the best. Like, do, you um, think, do you think he does get it? Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's too good not to, and so he like, can still so, wire so it. Two and a half more seasons, maybe. Um, yeah, I'll say less than two. I think that I like, look, he's got five right now. He will get hot. We have the worst power play in the league, by the way. Mm, we're over twenty three in our last uh, yeah, our last twenty three opportunities. We're over. So, from Gar, He'll why did it. Levi often fall forward, ending up most face first on the ice when making saves, especially outstretch glove save? It's not a good position up. Um, there he's attacking the puck. Yeah, I would argue that's better than ending up on your back. Yeah, like he, you, you attack the puck, especially at his size. Uh, when you when you play the angles, when you're an aggressive goalie, it's better to have your hands out in front of you than in. You're taking away more net. That's you're the way I play like, a smaller goalie. Like be on your toes. I yeah, think he's so aggressive sometimes, and he's trying to be on his edges. That sometimes, like he does, overextend himself to the point that he does fall forward. Uh, of course, you want to be perfectly balanced at all times, but it is difficult to do that in every si- single save situation. Yeah, I, like, I get into the habit of falling on my back sometimes, and I hate when I do that because that means a lot of my weight is on the back part of my skates. And I, I don't want yeah, that. To I happen. play on my toes a lot too, just to get yeah, myself. I, I think, I think forward advantage. If you're going to have one, you'd I rather think. end up falling face first than on, than on your ass. With, 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 with my size, you almost have to, like you just have yeah. to take his way as much net as you can. Um, He'll learn that too. Hands out in front sure. of you. He made some yeah. great saves tonight. Like, oh I, yeah. I, that I, one, the one, um, in the first period, I think, right? Yeah. He Like in my opinion, we, he played good enough for them to win tonight. Yeah, without was, that, yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Yeah, no, I think like yeah. like, like we're, we we want to roast Levi and say send no. him. Okay, fine. If he gets more games and if it works, great. But like, a, it's not going to happen because I truly believe like that was negotiated with his contract. Well, I, I do think it could happen if he gets I to just the don't point think where. It will. No, I'm saying I think it could if it gets to the point where it's worse than this. I really do, and I Maybe. I just don't. I, I genuinely think it's not going to happen. It's not like me trying to be a homer because I like Devin Levi. I want him to be in Buffalo. No, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I just – I do think UPL is kind of forcing their hand a little bit. Like he played really, really well against the Blackhawks the other night, and I think he's only had one bad game this season, and that was at home against the Flyers when he got pulled. He's had, he's had probably two shaky ones, I'd say. Yeah, like one bad game when he got pulled, and then another game uh, at the end of the Senators I would game, say obviously. I would say Levi's roughest games. I mean, I don't even know if I want to call tonight a rough game. You can look at that overtime. Not at all. Um, but the Boston game, sure, he led in five. And that, the Flames game before he got hurt. Yeah, those two for sure. 
but he's also played a few really good games against really good teams. Like, you know, it, 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 he's developing. He's like to a point. Yeah. He's twenty-one years old. I guess and- I would just say like the calls are out there, and it's it's easy to do that given his age. Uh, but I would say a large portion of the fan base uh, wants to see him in Rochester right now. Yeah, and I didn't think I he was bad tonight. No, I, I don't think the organization cares about that. And like you said, his contract probably dictates him staying there. But I do think UPL has been the Sabres' best goalie this year. I really do. And I think Comrie's played well uh, in the games he's played. We just we just know how this vicious cycle of goaltending is going to go. Tim Graham, Tim Graham at The Athletic put out a great article today. Did you see on Mika Noronen? So yeah, I did see that. Yeah, he he so found he Mika Noren, Marty Baron three goalie rotation. It was him, yeah. Marty, and and Ryan Miller. Was, it, was, was it before Miller though? Oh, it was. It might have been pre Miller. There was Hashik was and Marty Baron. No, yeah. Hashik was gone. It was Mika Nornan, Marty, and there was one other goalie involved with that three goalie rotation. He mentioned it was, something it about wasn't, Bob, it wasn't Miller. He mentioned I have something to go about Bob like regardless. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't Miller though. Um, he it was interviewed like him about Miller. this exact situation, and he was just like, "They need to communicate with these guys, and they need to figure it out to the point where they won't ruin one of their careers." And it's it's a really good point. Like, it's not an ideal situation to be in. Uh, by the way, Mika Noren is currently selling real estate in Dubai, so didn't didn't have that on my bingo card. Cool. Uh, that, okay. That is, that is what he's doing right now. <laughs> Apparently, nobody could find him for years, even the the Sabers alumni organization. And then Tim Graham found him and got him on the phone from Dubai. <laughs> so that's wild. amazing. Yeah, it was a really, really good article. Um, some quality reporting. But, yeah, no, Tim Graham. He has some incredible stories. But yeah. the the larger discussion is about the re goalie rotation, and um, I'm I'm really encouraged by what I've seen from Ukapakalukinen so far, and. I think they'll start him on Friday night at home against the Penguins. And we're not getting to the point of must-win games yet, but you're 8, 9, and 2, and you're quickly falling out of the wild-card race. And there's two months until it starts to get really, really, really important. So you got to start winning games, especially against teams that you should beat. And and tonight might not have been that, given the way that the Capitals are playing. I thought it was a relatively even game, but they need to start going on streaks and winning more than one game in a row. Yuri Kulik, 11 goals in 15 games and three OT winners, including tonight, the irony. It, uh-huh. it happened at the exact same time as the overtime. Yeah. Goal. The, the exact same time. Wow. Subliminal messaging. Um, Adams and Grenauer are acting like this season is a wash already, not bringing anybody up from Rochester. I post the Gurgis and Olsen still on the roster. Um, I'm not going to – I mean, people can – I haven't hated Olsen's game the last three to five. He hasn't played bad. <laughs> no, he's been he's been better than he was. Yeah, like I'm not saying I'm not justifying keep him on the team, but like no. he hasn't been the he hasn't been the top five Sabres problems in the last yeah. like couple weeks. He is, he is not. Everybody knows that. And he's, I think if there. they could move him, they would have. Yeah, I, they I think have, a they, lot of teams are standing in quicksand right now. It's a weird time of year after U.S. Thanksgiving, which, by the way, happy Thanksgiving, gentlemen. Enjoy. Uh, this is the ultimate party night in the U.S. I know, so I I I understand that, but um. I think that following Thanksgiving and toward the end of the month, that's when teams start really, you know, thinking about making decisions. And I, I just feel like if they had a good solid deal in place for all of a sudden, he would be gone. Um, sure. I think one will right. materialize. I, I hope so. And like he scored two goals against the Bruins. I think a team like that would be perfect for him. Obviously they don't need any more defense. They don't need any more defensive forwards. 
And I think they could use probably a little bit more goal scoring. And that's what he's best at if, yeah. if he's put into the right situations. So, yeah. I, I mean, so I, a team like that, I mean, even Vegas and yeah. as Wayne has mentioned, going back to play with Jack, Jack, Vegas, Michael, who, I just, I really, like, really like I'm going to post. So I'm going to post the snippet of that interview uh, either tonight or tomorrow where like they, they talk about him for like two minutes and he literally says this guy could score 40 in his sleep. Like maybe that is so on the right team. Maybe Jack and a reunion on a very team friendly contract for a team who probably needs, still needs cap relief. Yeah. I just like getting yeah. Victor Olison off the team is not going to affect the Sabres that much. <laughs> it's really no, bad. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying though. Like, I yeah. just, he's not even their top. There's not in their top five issues right now. No, like he's just not. Like, no, either way. Like it's, it's the middle six and it's the bottom six. And, there's no, there's no point production. There's no continuity amongst the lines, and you're rolling out eleven forwards and seven defensemen right and you're now. You're literally you can't find somebody. You really have no idea what you're doing. You just can't find somebody to play with Owen Power on a nightly basis that makes sense, and it's driving me up a fucking wall. Um, oh, they need to last, play. Ryan. Last comment we'll take here um, from Gargalant. Kevin Adams makes a big deal out of winning the fans back. Does he realize he's losing them again before they even get halfway up the escalator? It's true, though. It's true. Yeah. That it, you don't want to lose the fans. I mean, it, it's kind of wild that we still haven't had a decision on Pat Kane. It's kind of wild we haven't said Pat Kane's name yet on this broadcast. Mm. But we can probably end there again. How much of an effect, both on the ice and from a business perspective, if, in fact, the Sabres do sign Pat Kane? How much help is he going to be for this organization? I mean, I, I say way more from a business perspective. I really do. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But on and ice. I, no, on ice. Like, how much is he going to help? I, I do think it will force their hand a little bit in terms of roster decisions. Like that might be if Pat Kane comes in, then what do we do with El Poso? Or what do we do with Gergensons? Uh, if you can't that means, justify sitting anybody else. You can't. You, you, can't, you can't sit Zach Benson. You can't keep sitting Peyton Krebs. You can't sit Tyson Jost. You cannot sit. They're obviously not going to sit Jordan Greenway, but like these are the the players that are in question here. So, yeah, it, it, that improves your team just by subtraction. And yeah. you don't know what you have with Pat Kane right now because, as we've talked about, the the hip resurfacing is a tough thing to come back from for for an NHL player. It hasn't really happened. But I, yes, I do it believe, is. Yeah, I just yeah, as you know well with Nicholas Backstrom. But, so but I just think that like actually. I didn't even mean for for uh, mean to have this conversation with bringing Jury on because he would know. Like Backstrom's had hip issues since like 2016, has he not? That's what he has said. Yeah, and I mean had, he didn't have any hip- major operations on it. Yeah, uh, but until this is this has been year. an ongoing part uh, injury he's dealt with for quite some time. Um, yeah, yeah, he had bad. nerve damage initially, and then. Um, the nerve was getting pinched and he was in a lot of discomfort a lot of the time, including during the cup run, which I mean, obviously we did not know till later. We were obviously aware of like the, the his hand during that run and everything. Yeah. The guy's been through it and it, it's sad, but um, yeah. How much will Pat Kane help? Um, like it, yeah, it really depends on how healthy he is and how, how much he's actually able to move around out there. Um, I think that from a business perspective and a fan feel good homecoming perspective, it'll probably give you a positivity bump for about two weeks unless they keep losing. 
you know, it could be extended if he comes in. And I agree with that comment there that like, yeah, if he's healthy and able to move around out there, of course he'd help the power play. He's so creative out there. He's one of the best puck movers in the league when healthy. Um, but if he's not healthy, he helps in a positivity sense and a fan excitement sense for about two weeks. And then if the team keeps losing and he's not healthy and all of a sudden three games in, he's got to sit because he's, he's hurting that wears off pretty quick. Um, I think that, I don't know, man, like, God, I wouldn't want to give him a multi-year deal. Like depending on how he feels, it's a risk. Is it a risk worth taking? I honestly don't know the, the way the team's playing right now. Maybe, but man, I would want to be doing all the due diligence I could to make sure this dude is, I'd want to see him skate a bunch and like, how are you feeling? Cause yeah, like it, we've seen, and most recent, a most recent example with my favorite player ever, it is hard to come back from, man. It's not a good procedure to have to try and come back and skate around at full power. Like you used to it. It's tough. I don't know. I, I guess like my point too was, I guess the one thing he has going for him is he's never had hip, hip issues before this. It's not like a degenerative thing. So for maybe sure, that, maybe that's benefiting him in this situation. It's not something that's a nagging injury like it was for Backstrom or players before him. I've had this procedure done. So I yeah. guess that's the only thing I look at it from that perspective as a positive is like, at least this isn't something where, you know, say UPL was getting this done. Like he's probably not coming back from because he's already yeah. had double hip surgery. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? that yeah, for sure. So, um, I think in terms of financially, I think it probably much longer than two weeks. I think all of South Buffalo will camp down at Key Bank Center for a good month just to watch him play every single. Well, that's thing, like it's gonna raise price. it's gonna raise prices to these games, which are already really high. Yeah. for a product that's not very good, and as as Ryan said, like. I do think it'll help. That first game would be amazing. And it'll be like all these other special nights they've had in the past year and a half where they've, they've filled the building. But until you start consistently winning hockey games, Dude. nothing's actually tangibly going to change in the long term. I'll Everybody knows the Sabres for the past five years have been Lucy pulling out the fo football from Charlie Brown. I tweet it all the time. When they get your hopes up, they'll just take it away because that's what they've been. There's no consistency. Yeah. There's no continuity. There's no trust in this organization to actually make the right decisions yep. to put this team in a position to succeed. So yeah, I, I, I'm, ex I'm personally excited about the possibility of Patrick Kane. And I think a lot of people aren't because his game did decline and obviously the injury situation, but at the end of the day, like it goes back to putting the best lineup out there. And I do think even if he's not at hundred percent, he would be an addition by subtraction of somebody else. And if he's even 85% of the player he was five years ago, it's still a win in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's better. I think that's, you, better yeah. than, that's better than Kyle Poso. If he's giving you 65 to 75 points, how are you not taking that? You know what I mean? Like, in yeah. an 82-game season. Like, how if are you not you, taking If that? he's giving you 50 points at this at Yeah, this point, I, like, you know what I mean? Like, and having maybe out of those 50 or 60 points, having half of them be on the power play. I'm taking that all day. We don't have yeah. a single – we don't have a single point per game player right now. No, no, not, no. Krebs or not Krebs. I'm sorry. Uh, Paterka. He's not a point per game player. 
I'm almost he... positive. I looked it up earlier. Dalina had the most points. I think he had 15 in 18 games. And um, I thought, was, I thought was, Paterka was pretty close. Could I'll, be wrong. I'll check. But either way, it's it's not nearly close to what it was last night. With that being said, guys, I just want to remind everybody that this has been brought to you by Fatty Beer Company, the Western New York's premier market and tap room. Over 300 beers to choose from and open seven days a week from 11.30 a.m. till 10.30 p.m. And later, one of uh, Western New York's only both dog and kid-friendly bars. Been there with my dog plenty of times. Uh, make sure you tip the whoever's behind the pine that night well and tell them the boys from Two Goalies, One Mike, sent you. And, of course, get over to Buffalo Go, Buffalo's favorite locally designed apparel company for all your Buffalo sports when it comes to the Sabres, Bills, Bandits, etc. Coming out a lot. I saw a lot of their stuff in their shop today when I was picking up this beauty. A lot of cool stuff co coming down the pipe. Make sure you get over there at buffalogo.com. If you're a Sabres fan, you can't go without this hat right here, the Buffalo uh, Shield baseball cap. Uh, unbelievable. And, of course, all of their options with the Bills. And check out their new blue-collar line. That's something they just rolled out this past week, uh, headed by Stevie Johnson. That looks pretty sweet, too. So, uh, With that being said, um, do you guys have anything else? I'm sad. Very sad. Very, That's very, it. very sad. I'm happy but feel terribly for you go bills i'm a bills fan again we'll okay. see we'll hope well, let's hope let's hope on sunday they bring us a win let's hope against one of the, the best uniforms the penguins is at home correct penguins at home on friday night. night um and then you get the devils on the road on saturday who look bad right now they got shut out tonight uh yeah. by both the, those uh, teams look bad yeah, yeah. That's so good, that's, that's, that's two very winnable games and then you get one of the best uniform matchups of the nfl season the Bills and they're all white against the Eagles and their Kelly Greens. So if nothing else, they'll look really, really good out there. And hopefully yeah. they do from a football perspective too. Joe Brady. Yeah, should be a shootout. Be our savior. Be our savior, Joe. Should be a shootout. Uh, with that being said, this has been I'll Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by Fatty Beer Company and Buffalo Go. Jury, just want to say thank you, man, for hopping on with us. Always a pleasure. Can't wait to have you on more often again. Thanks, bud. Uh, yeah, dude. We missed you. We've definitely missed you. I'm, so, uh, I'm sure the fans of the show haven't missed me much, but uh, about, about if tonight is any indication, but you know, how about, <laughs> how about those? But well, oh, oh, do you mean the Patriots that beat the fraudulent Buffalo Bills well, earlier this year? We're we're less fraudulent than we were at that juncture, but uh, mm, yeah, I mean, I uh, I would I would say equally depressing seasons for for both of our franchises. Uh, I don't know about that, but Mac, I understand Mac what you mean. Jones, yeah, that's all I gotta say. Um, <laughs> Matt, yeah. Matt Milk Jones. Uh, yeah, I got nothing left, guys. As always, to all our viewers, our American viewers, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Happy holidays, no matter what yes. it is to celebrate. And uh, I'll hang up and listen. We will talk to you guys soon. You guys have a fantastic week. Uh, we'll talk to you later. See you around.
do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.